Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Somebody raise your hands in the heavens and let's worship God in a song before I can start to share the word of God. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live. To worship you.
just tell God something. Tell God something tonight.
Hallelujah, somebody. Matthew 24, verses 14. If you're there, you say, Amen. The Bible says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Somebody say, Amen. It's a very interesting thing to start sharing scripture from that angle. But that's where I'm going to start sharing from. Somebody say, Amen. The Bible says, And this gospel... All of the kingdom shall be preached. And the Bible says, you know, nations as a witness unto all nations. And the Bible says, and the end shall what? The end shall come. That is the last prophecy before the coming back of our Lord and Savior Jesus. The preaching of this gospel of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Now, the reason why I begin from there to preach what I'm going to share is... Because he did not say, and the gospel shall be preached and the end shall come. Mark the words of God. He says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached and the end shall come. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. He did not say the gospel shall be preached. He said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. And the Bible says, and the end shall come. 
Some of you who have read the story before, and I believe I've said a few of these things earlier. I'm going to touch a little bit for those of you who have not known or have not heard of this, that when John the Baptist comes at the beginning of the New Testament, some of us know very well, he was the voice in the wilderness. They ask him, are you the Christ? He tells them, I'm not the Christ, but I'm a voice in the wilderness screaming, telling men, repent ye for the kingdom of God is at hand. Somebody say amen. Which is the realm of God is at hand. There's a realm coming. And John the Baptist continues speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking. And for those of us who know the story, John the Baptist at a particular point was beheaded, isn't it? And the moment John the Baptist was beheaded, Jesus Christ in the next verse as well begins as a continuation of what John the Baptist said. Repent ye for the kingdom of God is at hand. This was Jesus continuing the warning that John the Baptist had started with. Somebody say amen. Some of us know that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. Now, if you follow pattern and principle, you'd understand if John the Baptist comes in the spirit of Elijah, then the Christ would come in the mind and pattern of Elisha, which is after Elijah. Uh, and uh, the man after Elijah, unfortunately, is not defined. I don't know whether some of you know why. Because the guy in line was who? Gehazi. And Gehazi knew not the way of the spirit. And the other guy who comes later, the scriptures don't even give identity. It's a dispensation of people who come after the Son of God and they do not know even who they are. But tonight I'm going to shock you. Somebody say amen. Tonight I'm going to share a few things that I believe will not leave you the same as you came. Somebody say amen. You know the Bible is very clear that the entrance of your word brings light and giveth understanding to the simple. As the word of God comes out tonight, it's going to open your spirit to something. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. We can boast of the kingdom. We can boast of the gospel of the kingdom because it's a gospel of results. That is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and 17, at a particular point, Paul starts speaking of them which are boasting. He says, for this cause have I sent unto you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ. And as I teach everywhere in the church. Now, Paul is going to explain. In the next verses, he's going to explain to us his ways which be in Christ. Oh, and the next verse says, Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you. But the Bible says, But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will and will know, not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. And the next verse says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. Somebody say amen. And the next verse says, what will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love or in the spirit of meekness? Because you see, there were people who are boastful. They boast and appear to know God. They boast and appear to know Christ. They boast and appear to understand the mysteries of God. But Paul sends Theotheus ahead to warn the church of his manner, Paul's manner in Christ. His manner, his way, his ways in Christ. So Timotheus comes as an exhorter to the church in Corinth to tell them, look, there's a guy coming. There's a certain way he functions. When he's preaching, power can appear. When he's talking, the lame can walk, the blind can see, the deaf can hear. The dead can be raised. That's the guy coming. He's not coming to speak just the wisdom of the Greeks without the power that the Jews seek after. He is a man who has understood God to a certain place where he knows 
the glory of the gospel of the kingdom. And as he's coming, prepare yourself. So Paul comes. But as he's coming, he's coming in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing very well that he's not going to come to give speech only, but as it is revealed in scripture, he is going to preach the gospel by demonstrating the spirit. That was his manner of life in Christ. Paul did not demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit as of the occasions when he felt the goosebumps. He did not demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit on the events when he felt like the anointing was present. He did not demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit when it was cold enough or when there was enough music in the room. He did not demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit when he was fasting and praying or when he used to fold his face with that deceived countenance of, oh God, and then power comes. No, no, no. Paul was a demonstrator of the Holy Spirit as his way of life. Somebody said that's me. They said that's me right there they're talking about. He was a demonstrator of the life of God constantly. That was his way of life. That was his manner of life. That was, if you wanted to know Paul, you'd call him the demonstrator of the Spirit of God. Because the gospel is not speech. It is the power of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Of the kingdom. We're talking about the gospel of the kingdom. If you're preaching anything else, we don't have a problem with you. Preach anything else. You know, I have a problem with people who, and this sadly is in Christians, and men of God on the pulpit, they say, ah, some of you, you go to meetings for miracles only. What do you all want them to go for? You understand what I'm saying? You say miracles, 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 miracles. You know, the Bible says that in the last days they shall do false miracles. Some of your false prophets shall come up, you know, for you're always doing miracles. Hey, okay, let the false ones come out. It doesn't change the fact that the gospel of the kingdom is not mere talk. It is power. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. So today, the less the power, the more right the man is. The less the demonstration, the more right the man is. Today, we are living in a generation where when a man doesn't demonstrate power, that is a true man of God. When a man demonstrates power, he says, hmm, is that the Holy Spirit? I have a doubt whether that is the Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit do that? <laughs> Tell somebody that's my manner of life. That is our way of life. To demonstrate power. He told Timothy, remind them of my ways in Christ. Remind them of my manner in Christ. Remind them of the way I behave. You understand? Everywhere I'm at, there's something happening in the spirit. There's power coming up. There's an anointing. There's a glory that is following me. Wherever you go, when you go to work, it's your way of life that something will happen. Are you hearing me? When you're seated in a taxi, it's your way of life that something will happen. When you're seated in your shop, it's your way of life that something will happen. Every time you hold a meeting, it's your way of life that something will happen. When you sit in your classroom, it's a way of life that it's something will happen. Even when you're walking with your children and playing with your dog, there's still power available. We have a guy in the ministry, he's a successful dog breeder, okay? And then he's also probably a doctor of dogs, vet, right? And so this guy one time was listening to the gospel, and I was teaching about what it means to have life. This is the record that we have eternal life. He listened to that sermon. Are you hearing me? He listened to that sermon. And then the guy has a big, big, big company of dog breeding in Kenya. So he says... 
he goes to these companies, you know, like security companies and stuff like that, those big, big people, those people who have many dogs. And then he tells them, he, he enters a contract with them and tells them, look, give me your dogs, as in give us a contract to breed your dogs. If they fall sick, the expense will fall on us. Now, these guys had been spending a lot of money treating dogs. And they realized, ah, yeah, 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 this guy has landed himself in trouble. How can he be ready to foot the bills of treating dogs? Which has been our problem. They signed contract. And then he asked them for a certain amount of money to be given them. So the guy told me, the first day they put these dogs before them, he made sure they had gone off a fund he was along with the dogs. And then he said, now you dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to listen to me. I have the same life that raised Jesus from the dead. The very spirit that never left him from hell cannot leave you sick. Therefore, as long as you're in my care and under the registration of my company, you shall never fall sick. The guy told me, the dogs, not even one has fallen sick. I said, now this is a believer. Everywhere you are, somebody shout hallelujah. Even if you have a small shop downtown, you enter it and say, Rakat. Hey, but how come for you, things are moving so fast? You say, hey, 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 wait. That's my way of life. Miracles are my way of life. Demonstration is my way of life. Power is my way of life. It's my way of life. It's my way of life. Everywhere I'm at, I'm meditating. What's the next miracle? What's the next glory? God, what are we going to do next? Because, oh, some of you, you want to fast wait to go 20 days on a prayer mountain. Then you fast. Then you pray. Then you repent of all your sins from Adam to Moses. Then you do everything. Then you come out holy and you say, now I think every prayer I make <laughs> will come to pass. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me demonstration of the spirit of God is a way of life. Paul says, and my speech was not in the plausible words of men. He never used to speak like a politician. He says, my language and my message were not set forth in the persuasive, enticing and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. And he says, a proof by the spirit and power of God operating on me and staring in the minds of my nearest, the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. I never used to just preach the gospel. No! I used to preach something that used to stir things in men. Why? Because they would feel the power of God. It was the proof of the Holy Ghost operating on me. God has not called you to be a convincer. God has not called you to be an enticer. God is not asking for plausible words. He's asking for the demonstration of power. That people can doubt, but they can't doubt power. They can't doubt power. They can't doubt power. They cannot doubt power. They can't doubt power. They cannot doubt power. Somebody say amen. We are tired of walking lives as if we are religious people. Everything is predictable about you. Let me show you this mystery. In John chapter 3, I believe, was it verse 3? A ruler comes to Jesus at night. Nicodemus. You remember the story? And the Bible says in the next verse that there came to Jesus by the night 
And there's a reason why they come at night, because during day. Woo <laughs> wee! And, and me, there are people who come at night. During day, they don't want to associate with Panero. They have no business with Panero. Oh, this ministry. And then at night, they come. <laughs> Some even say, I don't want to come to your office, but I need to meet you, man of God. Then the guy meets you in a very, very secretive hotel there. And then he comes out like he has no business with you. My Pharisees, eh? Praise God. <laughs> Somebody say amen. And the Bible says he came to Jesus in the night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher. Now I'm going to show you a mystery. A mystery. He says, we know that thou art a teacher that come from God. For no man can do these miracles. Are you seeing? That doest except God be with him. Did you hear that? We know that you are a teacher that has come from God. A teacher that has come from God. For no man can do these miracles. You see that? Jesus was teaching. And while he was teaching, miracles, signs, and wonders were happening. And so Nicodemus gets a mystery and says, we know you're a teacher from God. Why? Because the miraculous is with you. If you are a teacher of men, you would teach and nothing would happen. But because you are a teacher of God, from God, miracles do happen with you. And we know that nothing like this can happen except God be with you. We know it. Why? Because these guys were teachers too. The Gamaliels were teachers of the law. You understand what I'm saying? These men understood the law. They were rulers like anybody else. The Sadducees, they knew the law. The Pharisees, they knew the scriptures. The Essenes, they understood the scriptures. But then they find a man preaching the gospel with power. And then they say, uh uh this is him saying, we know. He's speaking for every Pharisee, even those who doubt him during the day. You see, many people don't know that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all these, those men believed in God more than even some of the disciples he walked with. And I can prove it by scripture. When a man says, we know, we, he's speaking for many. Of course they can say, oh, we don't believe in Jesus. We don't believe in what he's doing. Oh, we don't believe in that. We don't believe in this. We don't believe in that. Yes, 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 yes. I understand that. But at night a man comes to Jesus and tells him, boss, we know. <laughs> During the day we might deny you. But in our heart of hearts we know that you are a teacher from God. Now that's, that's the funny thing about this life. That during day, they can snake you, nail you down, and put you down and say, ah, we don't believe in that guy. He must be fake. Ah, we don't believe in what is upon her. Oh, no, 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 that's another spirit. Oh, it's not us. Oh, extreme grace. Oh, then they, but they know. They, they know. They know. No, no, let me explain this. Remember when Jesus dies, and then he is buried in the tomb, huh? and Jesus resurrects? The Bible is clear. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they go to the guy, the guy that was guarding the tomb, and they give him money. And they tell him, go take a report that what? Who remembers that story? Go take a report that what? That his body was stolen. Why did they pay if they didn't believe that the guy had raised from the dead? Oh, you don't get it. That's a paradox. That's very funny. They don't believe in this son of God. They are crucifying him. Are you hearing me? He's telling them on the third day, I will raise. And they're waiting for the third day. And on the third day, they don't find the guy in the tomb. They know he's out. 
They know he's out. So they go to the guard and tell him, boss, have money. God tell those guys that his body was stolen. He did not raise up. And then he continues, guys, because, yeah, his body was stolen. They stole it. I mean, the non-believers who have crucified him are the same people paying. They are paying money to make sure that a testimony is changed. To make sure that proof and evidence is tampered with. And you tell me they are not believers. Somebody say they believe. Say it again and say they believe. Now, let's continue with the reading. In John 3. Uh, and so, he comes to Jesus. He says, we know that you are a teacher that has come from God. And no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the Bible says, and Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born again when he is old? How can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? This is Nicodemus asking like a man in the flesh. And Jesus answered, Verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. At first it was he cannot see, now he cannot enter, right? With the water and the Spirit. And the Bible says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, he's taking men from the flesh realm into the spirit realm. He says, marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Now he knows the man doesn't understand what it means to be born again. And the next verse says, and the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh, and whether it goeth. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. And Nicodemus says, how can these things be? He didn't understand it. When the next verse says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel? And knowest not what these things are. Now he's talking about the mastery of the law. He's talking about mastery of the law. Not just the rulership only as a leader. He was a leader, yes. But Pharisees were masters in the law. And the next verse says, Verily, verily, again the guy is saying it, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. Now listen. If I have told you, this is Jesus telling Nicodemus, of earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Then Jesus gives him an example. He says, no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, comma, even the son of man which is in heaven. Uh oh, uh oh. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Did you understand that? He says, No man has ascended unto heaven, but he that is come down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. But the guy saying, Which is in heaven, is on earth. He's telling him, You see, I want to tell you certain things, but you'll not understand them. If you have not received the things of the earth, how are you going to receive the heavenly things? For example, there's a man who has ascended to heaven, but he has come down from heaven. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. I am in heaven, but I'm on earth. I'm on earth and I'm in heaven. Now, I am two in one. You are seeing this, but there's another guy up there. Oh. Nicodemus' brain blows out. He's like, what in the world do you mean? You mean you're on earth, but you're also in heaven? And he says, yeah. You will not understand this. Oh. Let me show you a scripture for some of you to be delivered. I want you to understand what it means to be born again. Philippians chapter 
3 verses 20. He says, for our conversation is in heaven. And he says, from whence also we look. We, we also, <laughs> you're born again. But you have a conversation in heaven. Where are we from whence you look for the Lord, our Savior? You have a physical body. You are present here. But you're also present in the heavenlies. And some people choose visitations. Oh, you didn't get it. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1. He says, and you hath he quickened, which were dead in trespasses and sins. Are you listening to me? Wherein past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. There was the time you walked. And he quickened you. Quickening means he gave you a certain life. And the Bible says, among whom also we had over our conversations in past times, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of what? Even as others. And the Bible says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love where he, he has loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ by grace, he has saved, and has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Next verse, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us who through Christ Jesus. Now, he has made us sit in the heavenly places. He has made us sit. Not he will make us. He has made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Right now, your spirit, your spirit is not subject to the earthly elements of matter, of time, and what? Your spirit, if I say, where is your spirit? You cannot show it to me. Because you are a spirit with a soul and a body. But if I ask you for your spirit, you can't show it to me. But yet, even though your regenerated spirit in Christ, which is born of God, is inside you, it is not subject to human timing. It is not subject to human matter. It is not subject to space. You can't say my spirit is squeezed. You get my point? And then God says that there's a, ooh, there's a dual existence of the one man you. Because this is love made perfect that we might have. You know, this is too much for certain people. Nicodemus. If I've explained the things of the earth and you understand them not, how will you understand the things of the spirit? He has said that he has made us to sit in the heavenly places. Ah, how is that possible? And I know why many people will doubt this. It's because they understand the gospel by their minds, not by their spirits. Because their mind cannot connect how it means to sit in the heavenly places, yet be on earth. So, because your mind can't comprehend it, you think that your spirit is not able. And because you think your spirit is not able, the Bible says you frustrate the power of God on your life. He says you've made the word of God void of its power because of your tradition. Some of you, your brains have been wired a certain way for so long that you cannot believe certain things. They are too far from you. That is why you don't function in the glory of the kingdom. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Let me give you an example. When Jesus was ascending, eh? when he was going in heaven, you remember the story very well. Eh? When he's praying to the Father, I think in John 17, he asks that his glory be given to you and I. He, this was his prayer. 
This was his prayer. He says, and the glory which thou hast given me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. Are you hearing me? Next verse says, I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them even as thou hast loved me. Do you know God loves you as he has loved Jesus? And he says, my glory have I given them that we might be one. Jesus knew that you could not be one with him without sharing glory. Oh, your glory we shall not share. Listen, let me explain this. When you read the Old Testament, you will realize he speaks of how the glory of God no man shall share with. Okay? Now, when you read that scripture in the Old Testament, many of you think that that is a portion for the new creature. That would contradict John 17, 22. Oh God, do you deserve all your glory? No, 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 listen. <laughs> the glory which is of Jesus is upon you. Okay, give it to me in the Amplified. The Amplified says, I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one, that they may be one. And the next verse says, I in them and you in me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united, that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me and that you have loved them even as you have loved me. This is the glory of God. When Jesus was living, he got his glory. That is doxa, all that God is and all that God has. Ah, yeah, yeah. All that God is and all that God has, he gave it to you. He did not give it to you by anything except by the understanding that God loved you as much as he loved Jesus. The revelation of that love extended everything that came to the Christ. That is why he asks God. That's why even Paul prays that you might know the breadth, the depth, the height, the length of his love. He says, give me the amplified of that, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that he might settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love, founded securely on love. And the Bible says that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, which is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And the Bible says, and that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you might be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That when men look at you, they say, This is not just a preacher. This is God in the preacher. This is not just a reverend. This is God in that reverend. This is not just an intercessor. This is God in that intercessor. God himself. That's how much God loves you. That the glory Christ, ooh, the glory Christ carried. The glory Christ carried. When Jesus moved and demons would see him and say, what do you want with us, son of God? Same, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. When Botswana recently and we were praying for a woman and I was in a meeting uh, in this church service and I get this vision and I see a spirit married to a certain woman, a demon spirit, married in the spirit to a woman. And I mentioned that there are women here who are married to, there were several of them. In fact, one of them was crawling on the floor like a snake and even hissing. And then while I'm speaking in tongues and I'm trying to locate this woman, 
the Spirit of the Lord shows me. It was like an angel of the Lord went just next to her and did like this. And so I walked to her. The moment I stood in front of this demon in the woman, even before I said that thing, it manifested. Why have you brought me to this man? Why have you, why have you brought me to this man? Why, why this one? <laughs> Tell somebody I have something inside me. And the demon started warning, I'll kill all of those ones who brought me. And then it started saying, she's my wife. Why are you separating me from her? And I said, eh, when did you marry her? She's my wife even, what? <laughs> we cast it out. The bishop sent me a message a couple of days ago. The marriage that was going to the rocks for divorce. Now the Lord has reconciled. Somebody clap your hands to Jesus. So somebody's marriage is struggling. Because the husband, you just see a guy drawing away, but he feels like there's somebody in your life. He doesn't see him. He's invisible, but he has owned you. Oh, that is not your portion in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. It is not your portion in the name of Jesus. But how did I locate her? How did I know that it was her? That's the gospel of the kingdom. <laughs> That's the gospel of the kingdom. Do you know how many people are bound with things because of ignorance. Not because those things have power on them. Uh -uh. From the time you entered church, they were teaching you demons. You understand? For some of you, you've eaten, you've grown up knowing, you know every kind of demon in the world. You understand? And because of that, you're conscious to eat. And he says that to us, there's only one God by whom are all things and Jesus Christ through whom are all things. And he says, and how be it that this knowledge is not in all men? For some with the conscience of the idol, even as unto now eat, as unto the idol. And the Bible says, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Some people have a weak conscience. Some people have a weak conscience. Demons don't attack you because they come from your family and they, the demons are so strong of your family. No. They attack you because your conscience is weak. Your conscience is weak. Give me the message of that. He says to us, he says, they say again quite rightly, that there's only one God the Father, that everything comes from him, and that he wants us to live for him also. And they said that there's only one master, Jesus the Messiah, and that everything is for his sake, including us. And yes, it's true. And the Bible says, and in strict logic, then nothing happened to the meat when it was offered up to an idol. It's just like any other meat. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have to know that. You have to know that. It's just like any other what? Any other meat. But knowing isn't everything. It becomes everything. Praise the Lord. Some people end up as know-it-all, who treat others as know-nothings. Real knowledge isn't that insensitive. We need to be sensitive to the fact that we are not all the same level of understanding in this. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people who have appreciated, for them, they believe demons can hit them. You see, and you don't, we don't judge them. We have accepted them because they eat us unto the idol. But they, it's because they have a weak conscience. And God has not called us to abuse them, to, to make them appear like they're stupid or foolish. No, that's how weak they are. You understand? But if you're among those people, be delivered today. Be free. Of course, the knowledge on us is not supposed to be insensitive to abuse you and then throw you out. You know, like I've seen pastors who say, how can you have a demon? Then they abuse people. No, you don't abuse them because you don't know where people are coming from. But even so, it doesn't change the fact that they need to come out. You understand what I'm saying? God has not called you to be the item. 
You know, there are people, I've, me, there are people I've grown up seeing, they have demons in different, of course, places. And then somebody, they've cast out devils for 20 years. Eh? The person has never changed. Maybe they have grown a bit older. The clothes are starting to, to not fit. You understand what I'm saying? They have forgotten uh, some, some words in English, but that's it. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I'm not supposed to be like that in the name of Jesus. Say it again and say, I'm not supposed to be like that in the name of Jesus. So back to the point I wanted to make before I go into another one. Jesus gave you his glory. Everything that he is and has was given you. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Now, if Jesus himself tells you that I was present in heaven, even as I was present on the earth, what does that tell you? What does that tell you, child of God? You remember the scripture? When he gives Peter the keys of the kingdom? You remember the keys of the kingdom? He tells him, whatsoever you bind on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. And he tells him, whatsoever you loosen on the earth, it shall be loosened in heaven. But you see, then the Amplified Bible says, huh? the Amplified Bible, he says, and I tell you, you are Peter, Petros, a large piece of rock, and on this rock, he says, I will build my church, and the gates of the Hades, the powers of infernal uh, regions, shall not overpower it, or be strong to its detriment, or hold out against it. He says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, that is declared to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven. Did you hear that? And whatsoever you lose or declare lawful on the earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Now, God has even given you conversations in heaven. That means the man of the flesh speaks after the man of the spirit. And the man of the spirit has a duo. Oh. He's a denizen of heaven. He is, yes, a spirit on the earth. But he is part and lot of the spirits of heaven. Are you hearing me? You are of heaven and you are of earth, yet you, 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 you dwell in the heavenly places, yet you dwell on the earth. So, a man like that by design can't be visiting heaven. Thank you, darling. Oh, one day visited heaven. Well, I, I've had heavenly visitations too. <laughs> I've had visit heavenly visitations too. But then one time I got confused because I had visits in the heavenly places and then sometimes I'm singing, oh, 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 heaven is in my... So I got confused. I said, where, where, where is heaven really? Is it, is it up there? Is it here? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Faith is a spirit. Faith is a law. The Bible says, for where is our boasting? Save in faith. And it says, but by the law of faith. Yet, the law is not of faith. Oh, well, you get it. Faith is a law, but yet the law is not of faith. Are you hearing me? Faith is a law. Do you understand that? But the law is not of faith. Faith is a law. Is the law. Is a law, sorry. Faith is a law. But the law is not of faith. 
That's all scripture, by the way. That's why Romans 3 tells you, where we watch in Romans, he says, but by the law of faith. And then in Galatians, he tells you, and the law is not of faith. That means that the faith, the law of faith, is not subject to the law of Moses. It has no bearing to the law of Moses. And that's what he says in Galatians, that the law is not of faith. In other words, the law of Moses also has no business with the law of faith. The law of faith is independent of the law of Moses. So you cannot think that by doing Moses, you'll have faith. Or that you'll function in the glory of faith because you understand Moses. Moses has no business with faith. Are you hearing me? Now deeper. For every law there is in the world, there is a spirit thereof. That is why lawyers use the language, the spirit of the law. Yeah? Now, the Bible says this was the spirit of faith. It says it speaks this wise. The spirit of faith. And that was the spirit of faith. He says, so as we believed, therefore we have spoken. He says, we have in the same spirit of faith. I want you to understand the spirit of faith. Because the spirit of faith explains the law of faith. Behind the law of faith is its spirit. And this is the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith says, as we have believed, therefore I have spoken. And he says, we also, he says, we first believe and therefore we speak. The law of faith has no place for believing Christians. You didn't get it. The law of faith, neither the spirit of faith, has no place for believing Christians. I am believing God for a job. I am believing God for marriage. I am believing God for a breakthrough. I am believing God for this. I am believing God for, for this. I am believing God for this. Next year I'm believing him for a car. Next year I'm believing him for a house. Next year I'm believing the Lord for this. Oh, next year I'm believing. See, we have believed and therefore have spoken. And he says, therefore, even as we believe, we also believe and speak. The law of faith has no place for believing people. It has places for believers, men who have believed. Your language changes to, I'm not believing God for a car. No, you say, I have believed God for a car. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I have believed God for a house. Thank you, Lord. I have believed God that I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. I have believed God that I'm prosperous. Thank you, Lord. I have believed God that I dwell in the heavenly places. That I don't visit. I'm not believing God for a heavenly visitation. I'm not believing God for a heavenly visitation. I have believed God that I am, I'm, I'm in my, I am one with him. I am seated with him right now in the heavenly places as I am here. <laughs> as I am here right now. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a bit so much. No, no, it's too much for your brain, Nicodemus. <laughs> this is not too much for a man who is born of the spirit. No, it's not too much for a man who is born of the spirit. No, it is given to us to know the mysteries of heaven. Heavenly visitations are wonderful. Like I said, I've had a couple experiences in the heavenly places. I've had a couple of them. But experiences don't explain my being there. No, those are just special occasions for God to show me something. But that doesn't take away the fact that I am there even though I don't have an experience. 
Some of you don't understand what I say. Some of you, you want to first have a visitation and say, I visited heaven on October 2013. That's when I visited heaven. Oh, and then you make a testimony out of that. What about us who live there? What should we tell you? (laughs) It does not take away the fact that I have visitations too. Oh, yes, I've had what you might call visitations. But for me, I simply call them extra extra experience of my celestial being too. Now, for me, I just understand them as celestial experiences of, that God wants to instruct me in a particular pattern or purpose. What you, you call visitations. So if I, if I just, if I'm sleeping and one day I'm caught up in heaven with him, then I know, no, he has just summoned me in a room just to explain something. But we are there. I'm still there. I'm still in the area called. Do you believe it? I have believed. That is why many of you don't flow in the miraculous. I'm not believing God to move tonight. I have believed that he's going to move tonight. You understand what I'm saying? Even the thing I can do in the next five minutes, I have believed it already. Even the thing I can do in the next two minutes, I have what? Believed it. Even if I choose right now to say power move, eh? I have believed it. So the Spirit of the Lord will sit, not because I have to speak in tongues. And uh, Some of you say, oh God, we ask you, oh, move tonight. No, 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 no. That's believing people. That's why you, you receive not because you pray amiss. Some of you don't know the right way to pray. Prayer is not when you go to God and start asking for something to happen. Prayer is when you go to God to convince yourself enough to believe. And when you believe, you start speaking. That's prayer. For those of you who speak Luganda, some people don't go to Tebagenda, Wakatunda, Kunyumyoba Kugeranebagenda, Kusaba, Kusaba, to beg. They go to beg what they don't have. You understand what I'm saying? In Luganda, they call it Kusaba, meaning begging. To get to Sabe, let's go and beg. Some of you, you come to beg, Father Dogo, Cow, P, Logo, Logo, Husband, God, Husband, God, 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 God. Please. Then he walks away. Then he walks to Apostle Grace and you say, Apostle. (laughs) Somebody say, I have believed. All things are mine. All things are mine. All things are mine. All things are mine. He says, whether it be Paul or Apollos, he began with their revelation. He began with our revelation. Do you know you even own what we are revealing? You don't get what I just said. Even the things I'm speaking right now, they are also yours. Everything coming out of my spirit, whether Paul Kephas or Apostle Grace, he says, or world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. The Bible says, and ye are Christ's. That is why when a man preaches something and it catches you, just say, that's mine. When somebody preaches something and it makes sense, say, mm, that's mine. When you hear revelation and it connects with what you agree with, you say, that is mine. You own it and say, it's mine. And he began with revelation. Kephas and Apollos. Paul, 
He says, well, it's the revelation of Peter, the revelation of Paul, the revelation of Apollos. All of those things are yours. Now, how can the things of this world not be yours? Even death is yours. You can deal with it or not. You have, that means you have power over it. You have power over the things present. You have power. Even the things to come, they are yours. Eh? Oh, apostle, what if I sleep? Even if you sleep, let me tell you. Even the things that can, will come after we are long gone, they are still ours. Oh, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. That's why our children can't be poor. Because when we are bequeathing, <laughs> oh, you don't get it. <laughs> That's a wise man. He leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. When you preach this kind of gospel, you don't worry about your grandchildren. Because right now as I'm speaking, even before I have my own, I'm already directing my children and I'm telling them, my grandchildren, I'm telling them, the blessing of the Lord that translates into a thousands of generations, it comes on you. Like God has given us power to make wealth that he might establish the covenant he made with our forefathers. Even me, there are things God has promised me. Wherewith when my grandchild is on earth, he will not suffer. All are mine. I wish you get this. I am sure how my grandchildren will be. I am sure. Even them, they'll say, eh, ah, for us. <laughs> they worked long ago for us. Why? Because they preached the gospel. Oh, Timothy, I remember and recall of the faith which is in thee, which was in your mother and was in your grandmother also. I call to remember it's that faith. There's something I'm seeing inside you, but I see it in your mother and I see it in your grandmother. When your grandmother produced the physical child, she translated faith into it. And then this physical child also, Eunice, produced Timothy and translated it also in Timothy. So Timothy is a third generation of men of faith. My grandfather, mother's side, was a preacher of the gospel. He had to pass it. He had to pass it. There was something inside me. Oh, If in your family you only have witch doctors, begin with you and say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, my generation begins with me. I start a new page. I start a new story. My children shall serve you. My children's children shall serve you. My grand-grandchildren will serve you. Wisdom is profitable for direction. That's why I don't worry about your children. That's how I don't worry about your grandchildren. Because I know what is inside you. Even when you get pregnant, the day you get pregnant, start talking to this child and tell it to are the You're so blessed to sit in this womb. Who are you? Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Your children can't die of drugs. Your children can't die of HIV. Your children can't fail in marriage. Your grandchildren will never fail in this world. They will never look for bread to eat. He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Neither their seed begging bread. Our seed cannot beg bread. Even our own families, they're not going to go where we've come from. There is no backslidedness with us. 
It is not there and it will never be there. Let it settle with you. Let it settle with every devil. Let it settle with every spirit. Let it settle with everything you know. That the Philistines you see now, you will see no more. Neither will your children see. They will not see. They will not see. That's the gospel of the kingdom. That's the gospel of the kingdom. That's the gospel of the kingdom. That's the gospel. That's why I don't worry about my children. Both physical and spiritual. I don't worry about my own. I have a covenant with God that will keep them. I know it. 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 He says, and your children shall I teach, and their peace shall be many. Shalom, preservation, wellness, joy, provision, and everything that comes with that. Our children will not look at our God and doubt him. No. No. No, no. God will do something in your life. Your children will receive Jesus without even telling them about him. No. They'll just see and say, I want your God. They'll just look at you and say, I want your God at any price. You will not need to preach to them. No, 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 no. They'll see the God working through you and they'll say, Father, I want that guy who walks through you. Why? Because you're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Signs, miracles, and wonders tangible are following you. They're following you. So he tells Nicodemus, there are things of the earth you have not believed. Now if I explain spiritual things, you'll not understand. What if I told you that I'm functioning in heaven as I'm functioning on the earth right now? What if I told you that? Would you believe it? Ah, no, no. That would be too hard for... On earth when we sleep, we simply stop activity on earth, period. That's all. That's the transition. It's, you just stop activity on earth. Then you continue. Some of you don't get it. <laughs> He will judge the world because they believe not on him. That's true. They believe not on him. But we have believed on him. One man was saying, oh, in heaven we shall be in one line. No, it's not scriptural. The Lord cannot judge the just with the wicked. It's not possible. It's not scriptural. He can't put me in the line of a man who didn't believe. Then may I stand behind and waste my time when Paul is burning pork in the corner. Cannot happen. cannot happen. Apostle Paul is burning and Peter is testing to see how much marinated it is. And then you put me in the line with a certain hard in front of me. No. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Luke chapter 9 verses 1 in the message Bible. In the message version. He says, and Jesus called the twelve and gave them authority and power to deal with all demons and cure all disease. And the next verse says, and he commissioned them to preach the news of God's kingdom and to heal the sick. And he says, and he says, don't load yourselves up with equipment. Uh -huh. He says, keep it simple. You are the equipment. Oh! Oh! 
God yourself. No. You don't need to carry money. Your money. <laughs> Woo! Don't carry what? A first aid box. No. Don't carry plaster. Don't carry magnesium. Don't carry inhaler. No. You are. You are. You are. You are. Tell somebody I'm the equipment. I am. That means you're everything this world needs. Woo. And he says you shall preach the gospel of this kingdom. And the end shall come. He says if you preach the gospel of this one. The end can come. It's okay. We can go to heaven. That's what God is waiting for. That's why Jesus has delayed to come back. He wants to hear the gospel of the kingdom. We have entered a season. By the way, how many of you know that a couple of years ago, you could not believe that you'd have five, six thousand people seated in it. It was not possible. A couple of you, in a weekly meeting, doing what? 2001, in weekly meeting, people have jobs, they have children, but man, whether you want it or not, there is something God is doing. They have come when it's raining. They have come when the sun is shining. They have come when they have transport. They have come when they don't have transport. They have come when they have a maid. They have come when they don't have maids. They must be believing God for something. They must be believing God for some. One woman phoned me and told me, what did you do to my child? And I asked her why. Because my child walks 12 kilometers to come to Fanero, and then she walks back 12 kilometers home. Every Thursday. 12 kilometers to come to Fanero, 12 kilometers to go back home. There is a guy here who comes every Thursday 400 kilometers just to come and attend Fanero and go back. They are hungry. People are hungry. Some of us told God long ago, we either see power or we see power. God, it is okay to call me a cult when I'm manifesting power. Yes. Let them call me any name. But I will not sit on an altar without a flame. If there are extremes, we shall deal with the extremes. If we have people who have misunderstood it, we shall help them understand. But I would rather help fanatic men to become better when they are flames than live without a flame on my altar simply because I need to be politically correct. I refuse to preach that kind of gospel. It is not mere talk, but it has, it is the power of God. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, both to the Jew and the Gentile. People have to see our God. And I mean they have to see our God. They have to see our God. They have to see our God. Recently in the crusade of Ivanda, the pastor came and told us they brought more, eight more clutches. People just come in church and they see clutches and they ask, whose were those? There's a lame guy, I can't even take you where he was. Then people receive Jesus. They, don't, they just look at canes, eh? clutches, and they receive Jesus. It's, it's enough. They brought eight more clutches after that crusade because some had not believed. 
But even in their unbelief, the Lord abides faith. He abides faith. He abides faith. He abides faith. Years ago, I prayed for a mad woman. Nakaunde was her name. She comes from Kawempe. The guys in Kawempe know. The whole area that knew Nakaunde got born again. They, you did, we didn't even need to tell them. No. Everybody who saw that woman mad, she used to pluck her hair out of her head with her bare hands. The day she was delivered of madness. And this is the funny thing. How did she get mad? She had become born again, so she went to a certain church and they dipped her in baptism. When she came up, she ran mad. They took to every psychiatric hospital, every mental hospital, you know. Even Butabika failed to fix her. And then they received and threw her in a hole, in a room, and locked her in a metallic door behind a cemented room. All they used to just do was throw food under her door. She used to choose even the sponge of the mattress she used to sleep on. The day the power of God went through that woman and sanity returned, every woman and man who saw that woman received Jesus. That's how we began churches in Kawem. We didn't begin them by talking. Some of you, you over-talk. You over-talk. You're very articulative. You've read many books. You speak too much English for the Holy Spirit to walk through. It's about time God became true and every man a liar. I want to see the tangible power of God in my life until men can't believe. Until men can't believe. How will the world believe when we cannot demonstrate power? How? What are we preaching? What are we preaching? I remember in university, we were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget that day. Almost all the people we used to pray with, that whole generation, by the way, those guys we used to pray with in our, in our university days in UCU, almost all of those guys can demonstrate power any given day. Any given day. Majority of them can. Majority of them can demonstrate power. And I remember those, one day we were coming from the mountain. And we were sloping down and we found a bunch of people. There were about six. And while we were just coming in close proximity as walking beside them, the power of God hits them through. That was the first following we had. Then I remember one time we were locking ourselves up in the beer rooms to pray. And people were passing. And I remember a doll, never forget. A reverend was passing to go to the library. And the power of God hit him on the door. With his collar. We carried the brother in and let him breathe. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? That is how power began. That's how power began. That's how power began. And over the years, over the years, I would look at Sam later who became religious. And I can't understand. Because Sam seek to please men. Let me tell you, eh? If you seek to please men, you will never please God. It begins with you responding to the simplest impressions of the Holy Spirit. You might not get it clearly, but whatever you receive, take it with grace, receive it with honor, love it, learn to respond to the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is like a person. Huh? When you get to know Him, you feel after Him. 
When you feel after him, you find him. That is why the Bible says that he has made of all blood one nation that they might seek after him if happily they might feel after him and find him. He is found by men who feel after. When the heart of the Spirit of God is revealed to you, you'll understand why Jesus never used to heal for the flesh. He used to heal because he was moved by compassion. The Bible says, being moved by compassion, he healed them all. When the heart of the Spirit of God is revealed to your spirit, this is what happens. You are introduced to a certain dispensation of the demonstration of power that is so quick, so quick, that anything the Spirit of God feels and you feel at that particular point, He gives you the grace to manifest. Are you hearing me? Like right now, I'm feeling a burden. I am feeling it. And I can transfer it. In fact, I transfer it right now in the name of Jesus. You see, I don't need to lay hands. I don't need to lay hands. No, no, no. This is His feeling. And it's translating to what people are feeling but it's deeper than words can explain. This is a hunger. I hear the Spirit say, I need to move in my people. I hear him say, I need to demonstrate myself through you. I have wanted to work through you than ever before. I love you so much that I would rather not work through anybody except you. I want to heal through you. I want to cast out devils through you. I want to walk with you. I want to have a personal relationship with you. I want you to sit with me and talk to me like you talk to your best friend. I want you to think about me all night and all day. I want you to make me your uttermost pleasure. This is the burden of the Holy Ghost. And they desired milk as babes and they churned it into butter. And they washed their steps with butter. And the rock poured them an oil. The anointing of the Holy Spirit started working through them. He cannot work through men who don't feel after him. He cannot work through men who don't... Some of you, you have to feel what the Holy Ghost is feeling. Because if you... Listen, even Jesus, remember his ministration. He says, he himself bore our infirmity. And he carried our pain. The Holy Spirit... He's a carrier of burdens. He understands you. He feels you. He knows what you need, how you need it, when you need it. He knows how to relate with you. He knows your next deal. He knows your next uh, relationship. He knows your children. He knows everything you're ever going to need in this world. How can you walk in this world without him? How can you pretend to know him yet you're not? How can you speak about him, talk about him, speak in tongues like you know him? But he's not present with you. He cannot manifest in your presence. Some of you, you've got to stop deceiving yourselves. You carry forms of godliness. But you don't have the power thereof. You have built something that makes you appear like you know him. But you don't really know him. You don't really know him. You deny him in your own worship. You deny him in your own prayer. Even the way you speak, you pretend like you have a relationship with him, but you really don't. Some of you really don't. You cannot see it. But I pray that you see it. I pray you understand what it means. Listen, Fanero is because of the Holy Spirit. We don't stand on those crusade grounds to say the lame walk and the blind see. 
without him. And there's a possibility of a man speaking those words and not see him. Are you hearing me? But when you get to know him, there is no way he will not turn up. He will always appear wherever you are. Everywhere you'll step, the atmosphere will change. Everywhere you go, the glory of God will manifest. That is the grace that opens every door. Even your next business deal will come because of that favor. Your next grace in ministry, the next door that is going to open up for you, it shall come because of that favor of the Holy Ghost. He has to put an extra thing on you. Some of you, there are things that are happening to you only because you have not encountered the Holy Ghost in a certain way. The day you encounter him, that shall be it. The day you really know him, that shall be it. You realize that he is the extra thing on us. He is the extra glory on us. Maybe we might not even articulate fully the convictions of our spirit. But those are the things he translates into words that cannot be uttered by human language. And says, how be to them that are wise and mature. We do impart this wisdom. Some things cannot be preached to you. Some things can only be imparted to you. Because they inform cannot be given by human language. Paul says, I know of a man who was taken into the third dimension of the spirit. And he saw things which were not lawful to utter. He says, he had utterances beyond the power of man to put into words which no man is permitted to utter. And of those things, we still must transfer by the Holy Spirit. How can you live without him? How can you pretend to have somebody you don't have? How can you say you have him and he's not demonstrative in your life? He's not tangible. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. For 15 years now, I think, I have walked in close relationship with the Holy Spirit. I knew Jesus since I was eight. But I was not walking in close relationship with the Holy Spirit. For 15 years now, I've been walking in close relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you one thing. Nothing, nothing evil has come my way and I didn't see it. Nothing. Nothing divine has come my way and I didn't see it. Whether the devil has planned to attack me, everything I have known before. The Bible says that a prudent man foreseeth evil and he hideth himself. But a fool and an ignorant man, the Bible says, just hits the ditch and is destroyed. Some of you, even the reason why you are in the trouble you're in, you did not see. You did not hear. You could not sense the leading of the Holy Spirit telling you, hide yourself in this corner. Walk this way. He says, a voice shall speak behind you, telling you this way you shall go. He shall cause you and define your course. Every decision I make, I make by the Holy Ghost. If I've not had God, I will take 20 years, I'll take 30 years. That's why some people have a problem with me because sometimes I don't know how to make a decision when I've not had the Holy Spirit. But when I've had him, he better be so. Because I've related with people who hear another spirit and they call him the Holy Ghost. And the results thereof and the affirmations are not even of the Holy Spirit. But when you get to know him, he keeps you from all trouble. It does not mean it does not come your way, no. Even if it is to come to pass, you're prepared by the Holy Ghost to go through it. Every experience, it's called prevenient grace. Every experience by prevenient grace, I have known. I have had the feeling of the experiences that are coming my way. I sense them before they come. And what do I do? I position myself. It's the small instructions he gives you. And he says you're entering into a season. And then you prepare yourself. 
It's like the Lord spoke to me a couple of days ago. And he told me that our next experience, Mark December, Mark January, Mark Feb, Mark March. You see those four months? If you are serious, you are going to prepare your spirit these four months than you have ever. Something is coming by March. By March. I have seen things that some of you are going to walk into. Literally some of you by the time you get to March. Some people at the sound of my voice. They won't be able to explain anything about you. Whether they are talking about your financial life. Whether they are talking about your spiritual life. Whether they are talking about your ministry. Whether they are talking about your social life. Whether they are talking about anything. I feel that there is a leap. For us. By March something is going to drop. I told you at the beginning of the year. That some men were going to be poor for many to be rich. And this year some of us have walked in that grace like never before. And some have not. Because many know not the way of the Spirit. But I've heard a star of the Holy Ghost telling me that December, January, February, March, if it finds some of you as prepared as you ought, believe me, the rest of the whole year, you're simply going to sail through. You're simply going to go sail through. Put up your hand, somebody. I want to speak an impartation on your life right now. I may not have words for it, but I carry the burden of it. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Start to receive it right now. Receive it. Receive that invitation. Take it. Take it. I want you to receive it. Power of the Holy Ghost. This is the realm of your glory. This is the realm of your grace. I can feel the mighty water. It is moving in this place. This is the realm of your glory. This is the realm of your grace. I can feel the mighty power. I see, I see God open people's ears. Some of you have been struggling to hear God. <laughs> Power of the Holy Ghost! 
God is opening somebody's ears to hear him than ever before. He's opening your eyes to see. I feel a very strong spirit of discernment falling upon somebody. <laughs> very strong spirit of discernment. This is my time. And I am praying for you. May God demonstrate power through you until men fear. I don't know whether some of you understand what I said. The Bible says that the Lord God of Israel moved on Moses and Israel feared. May God use you to a place where men will fear. May he heal through you to a place where men will fear. May he set free through you to a place where men will fear. May the very law and spirit of faith work through you like never before and cause you to walk in places that are inherited through God more than ever before. May you come to the apprehension that you are already there. You just needed to believe it. Some of you, you'll stand in meetings and as you begin to speak, the power of God will come upon you. Why do I feel something for the worshipers? Worshipers, raise your hands. Power of the ghost! Choir, receive it there. May you worship for the lamb to walk. May you worship and the blind will see. May you worship and the deaf will hear. In the name of Jesus. Power the ghost. And whichever worshiper you are, even if you're not in the choir, but you're a worshiper, may God touch you. May God touch you. May God touch you. Holy. May God touch you. There are people here. There are not many, but I know them and I can see them. Literally. Your words are going to come out so much with power that as you're talking, demons will flee. As you're speaking, the sick will heal. As you're speaking, power will move. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. thank you, Jesus. Prasaraba koterebra, shira kandaraba setelebos, seterebra kandaralalalalalalam. The power of God is here. If you're sick, I want you to touch where it's paining. I rebuke and I bind and I destroy every spirit of infirmity and disease. I command that sickness to heal now. Deaf ears are opening. Partial blindness and blindness is healing. I hear blood disease heal. Like right now. In the name of Jesus. There is somebody with a heart disease. God is healing you right now. Heart disease. 
In fact, the Lord is restoring your heart to normal. In the name of Jesus. There's a back issue. A spine injury. The Lord is healing you right now. There's a calf injury. The Lord is healing you right now. There's a swelling in the left breast. It's disappearing right now. There's a swelling in your arm. There's somebody with a swelling on the right arm. God is healing you right now in the name of Jesus. There's a migraine headache, witchcraft related. God is delivering you now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. And the end shall come. Somebody give the Lord a mighty help of praise. Know the Holy Ghost. Know the Holy Ghost. Know the Holy Ghost. Know the Holy Ghost. Understand the Holy Spirit. Your life will be different. He's our aid, he's our helper, he's everything. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you're here, I want you to straighten up your hand wherever you are and receive him now. And I want you to take a bold step and come here and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come here if you want to be born again today. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come quickly. I want you to repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died and rose again. Tonight, I am born again. Tonight, I believe that you died for my sins, that you're the true Son of God. The message Amen. you just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Finero, make manifest.